Here comes a new challenger. From 8-bit to 35mm, game pads to the silver screen, your favorite video game characters are on a quest to become movie icons. Can they unlock the achievement? Let's go for broke! It's time to press X to reload. Galleon! I feel like I'm dying! Did you dine well with the king? What have you done? I thought you were in a hurry. To accelerate things. Oh. I suppose I may have tampered with the king's food. You've poisoned me! You've killed me! Don't be so melodramatic. Ah! It's nothing that can't be fixed. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to Press X to Reload, the show where we take video game film adaptations and see if they're really, truly as terrible as they claim. I am Nick Moore. Here with me are Wayne Brissett and Mark Thanis. Wayne? Yeah. And Mark. <laughs> well, hello. <laughs> we got a good one for you this time, don't we? <laughs> We've put this off as long as we can, but it's time for the granddaddy of video game to film adaptations that get just crapped on. It's Uwe Bull territory. <laughs> we are here with, in the name of the king, a dungeon siege tale. And for those of you who are not familiar with Uwe Bull, he is the boogeyman of video game film adaptations. He seems to make them bad on purpose or he's just blatantly ignorant. I don't know what this guy's deal is, but this is a medieval story with well, medieval elements of swords and sorcery and, and all that jazz. It has an impressive lineup of talent right in the first five minutes. Jason Statham, Ray Liotta, Lily Sobieski, John Rice Davies, Ron Perlman, Matthew Lillard, and Burt Reynolds. It is absurd. Wayne, since you own this film, apparently, we'll start with your opinion. <laughs> How was the movie? So, <laughs> I'd never seen it before, honestly. Uh, I don't know how it ended up in my collection, honestly. Somebody must have brought it over one day and forgot it. <laughs> um, I think the best way to sum up this film is... I feel like after watching this two-hour-plus sweeping epic, it felt like all of these <laughs> popular actors that we know of just finished LARPing their first D&D game, and someone just happened to catch it on film. <laughs> That's exactly what I feel like I just watched. From the, It, it felt like a, a Dungeons & Dragons game. Like They're just making lines up as they're going because they're just – it felt like every shot was the first take. Like it was like, take the shot, say your lines, let's oh. move on and go to the next shot. That's not to say that it's <laughs> poor quality. It's it, it's actually got. It, there's obviously money behind this, but wow, man, that is the best larping I've ever seen. <laughs> Mark, how did this oh film sit God. for you? So I'm going to um, go in a little different direction and. I don't disagree <laughs> with anything that was just said. <laughs> but because the goal was to try to find good things, I had a different experience where 
some of the, again, one line takes were laughable and, and made me laugh out loud. <laughs> Agreed. Ray Liotta, who I generally consider to be a good actor, is so bad. It becomes <laughs> awesome after a while. He's my favorite thing in this and, show. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's the best part. And then I started to just try to appreciate the weird little things like, you know what? Great cinematography, great set design, great attempt at immersion. I had to laugh at a few things along the way, um, but I didn't hate it. I, no, I didn't watch hate it again. Again, and, and I, I said the quality is there. No, it, somebody can have my Blu-ray. It's never going to be used again. <laughs> No, you are going to have that forever, and we will bring it up forever that you own this movie. I should never have said that. Uh, but yeah, I also agree that the, the, the acting talent I was shocked by because, again, like they're not bad actors in this movie. They're just bad acting. <laughs> right. So I'll try and quickly sum up the plot for anyone who hasn't seen it. Wait, wait. The there, was story. Go ahead. there is a plot. There is a plot. You're quickly going to summarize a two and a half hour. I will. I will very quickly summarize this. The idea of a villager, in this case, literally farmer, which we'll get back to a villager who rises up against an evil force when the kingdom is threatened because the king isn't really doing enough. So the everyman steps up when his family is threatened and takes on the evil bad guy and his army. That's it. That's the story. That sounds way cooler than what I just watched. (laughs) (laughs) What makes this movie stand out are all of the weird little choices in terms of characterization and the, the plot events that kind of move things forward. This movie is really, really weird. Starting with Jason Statham's character. His character's name is literally Farmer. That's not his last name. That's his first name. Farmer, like Farmer John, even though everyone else has names like, you know, Joe or like Evelyn, normal names. His name is his profession, and they make a point of bringing up in the story he thinks that a person should be defined by the job they do, and he's a farmer, and he works at the lands. He wants to be called Farmer. So his wife and child and everyone else call him Farmer. It's like the solo thing. He went to the castle one day with no name, and they're like, what's your name? I don't have a name. What do you do for a living? I take care of crops. So, Farmer. Farmer. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I Farmer can't tell soul. if it's either, I can't tell if it's Uwe Boll and the screenwriter being incredibly lazy and going, screw it, we're just going to call him Farmer. Or if they're going, well, in the game, the player gets to name the character, but the occupation of that character is a farmer. So to make it yeah. relatable for all players, we'll just call him Farmer. And you can throw in your own name on there. <laughs> like how everyone calls Shepard, Shepard, and you his first name never gets mentioned, even though the player types one in. <laughs> I can't tell if he's being cheeky or just lazy, but it's kind it's of true. amazing. Yeah. I'm going with lazy, but <laughs> probably <laughs> it is. It is Uwe Boll. <laughs> I looked up a couple of things about Uwe Boll, and I'll be honest. I've never sat through an entire one of his movies. I've tried, but I, I find them frustrating because you of what you now. were saying. It feels like it's always the first take that's used. It feels like, mm-hmm. all right, good enough. Let's move, let's move on. on. He's, He's like Ed Wood That's in that exactly regard, it, it seems like. No, 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 let's go, let's go, let's do this. And there's a fascinating documentary about him out there that we need to watch in the future called <laughs> You All, the Uwe Bull Story. <laughs> we need to watch wow. this. Yes. I watched wow. the trailer. It's Maybe we'll, we'll make that a special. Once we watch oh, all his films, when we watch that. all his films, we'll finish off with that. 
We will get to that. Yeah. I don't know if I can because we got a lot of video game movies with his name on them. <laughs> True, <laughs> but apparently he makes three movies at a time sometimes, and it's just he's not even looking at the actors or directors. Sometimes it's just action, go do it. <laughs> this man doesn't stop. I have to almost applaud that level of speed that he applies to everything he does. But oh god, does yeah. everything seem like a first take? But in the first five ten minutes of this. If something's notable to me, I write it down just because like, oh, that's something cool that stood out to me. The first two things I have written down are why is Ron Perlman got a pig on a leash and boomerangs. They love that boomerang, which eventually just became nothing once it's stuck in a tree. But that's <laughs> I know. that was it. He gave up the on it. The main character's <laughs> weapon is a boomerang. That's pretty video game tastic. For that's sure. Simon Belmont using a whip to fight <laughs> Dracula. It is pure nonsense. <laughs> There's a point where <laughs> the it. use of the boomerang is generally making sense. Like, it's like, okay, he throws it, it hits someone, then he fights them. And then they just realize, like, no, nah, it's got to come back. And so there's a point where it's like bouncing off of people, defying physics and returning to him. And I'm like, what is happening? It is oh my full God. on Captain America shield. Yeah. Yes. But my question is, why does a farmer have a boomerang to begin with? Yeah. Well, that's a good one, too. It's not like, away crows. They showed it's not like a cheesy handmade <laughs> one. It's a nice one. That boomerang's the size of Jason Statham's arm. It is a serious, intimidating boomerang, but he just yeah. goes around picking turnips every day. Why does he need a boomerang? I don't – whatever. They show you. I don't understand it's for the crows. it. It's but for whatever. the crows. He has to chase it's for crows. for the crows because you couldn't just throw rocks at them or anything other than a boomerang. But okay. But then you'd have to go get the rock. But this rock comes back. <laughs> oh, my God. So, anyway. I feel like I'm in the script You have a few room. scenes in the beginning of setting up <laughs> Farmer and his family just long enough for you to care a little bit about them before. Knock off orcs that they call – what do they call them in this? The Korg or something? Or the Kurgs? The Korakai? Kurgs? Kurgs? I don't know. I call them turds because their armor looks like dry dog shit. Right? Everything about this movie is low-rent Lord of the Rings, starting with the orcs that show up. But they show up and they're burning no. villages for the sake of burning them, I guess? I didn't really understand what their their point is. We had, we had to show that there's a bad guy. But can we talk about the amazing stealth role on their first attack on Jason Statham? <laughs> the like, first orc shows up out of nowhere. around, intentionally spins, does a 180 looks directly behind him, there's nothing. And they show you what he sees. You see what he sees. There's nothing for miles. <laughs> and then, <laughs> then boom. He, he finishes panning the entire area. And when he faces forward again, he gets hit from behind. Amazing. And he's in the middle of a field with 50 yes. feet and nothing between him and everything. So it's like it could take cover anywhere. It materializes. And they do that more than once. The orcs are quiet. But here's the thing. Later in the movie... There's a scene where they burrow underground in the big battle and they pop up. And I was like, that's how they did it. And then I thought, yeah. why don't they just fight like that? They, they can burrow <laughs> I and don't appear know. anywhere they want. They were pulling people into the ground. I was like, that's a pretty impressive ability. I was like, that, they have no chance if they're doing mm. that. But they forgot that they gave them that ability. So well, maybe only, only yeah. those three did. Those three were like... Uh, mini boss guys, I guess. They like the random power. ninjas at the end. Yeah, but let's yeah, get yeah. Like the, the ninjas, ninjas that the, the yeah. king has on retainer. Yeah, they just only have but so many. It's like Warhammer. <laughs> they only bought three of those troops, 
and didn't buy any more. So yeah, they already <laughs> painted those four models. <laughs> you have to remember, Uwe Boll is the director. Uwe Boll is the producer, and in a lot of cases, it seems he's the scriptwriter. And I assume, as the producer, making multiple films at once, he just goes, "What costumes can we borrow, steal, or rent really cheap?" And there was a few ninja <laughs> costumes lying around. And that's how you get ninjas in a medieval times movie that takes place, I think, in fake England with fake orcs. I don't know. <laughs> but either way, we've already skipped over Ray Liotta and his uh, Donny Osmond looking costume that he's wearing while he chews yeah. all the scenery. I love him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's absurd in this. I love him. And it's kind of amazing. It is. And yeah, he's, it's almost the saving point, as cheesy as it is. Apparently, his evil villain is banging Lily Sobieski who's a wizard but doesn't know it yet so that he can steal her magic and I don't really know what his magic does other than I guess it made him king of the fake orcs but either way he wants power fine it does whatever the plot demands that's well, exactly yes. what his magic does <laughs> yeah that's exactly it he reminded but you have the go ahead no I, I think I'm jumping a little ahead here so go ahead that is okay. This film jumps all okay. over the place. You are. I was going to say so. Ray Liotta to me is the poor man version of Jeremy Irons and Dungeons and Dragon. Yep. And, you know what I mean? Like you already have like kind of a cheesy film going on here, borderline cringeworthy. But at least Dungeons and Dragon, the budget <laughs> justifies the result. <laughs> uh, and sure. then you, then you had Jeremy Irons who just pushed it to the you know to the extreme in that show. And I felt like Ray yes. Liotta was kind of the Jeremy Irons of this film like the Dungeons and the Dragons, which is what made me uh, enjoy his character a lot in this. Yeah, 100%. Him and Matthew Lillard seem to be there for the sheer giggles of it because the two yeah, of look them like they did not care. are full-on yeah. drama classing <laughs> yeah. every single scene they're in. Yeah. I could actually see not one, but two scenes where Matthew Lillard is enunciating so hard, spit yeah. is yes. flying everywhere, and you see it. Caught on camera. At Burt Reynolds at one yeah. point without meaning yes. he's just talking. He spits on yeah. him. Yeah. It's he got to spit wild. on Burt Reynolds and live to tell the tale. <laughs> That's something. Yeah. I mean, good for him. That we know of. <laughs> right? But yeah. you have the fake orcs attack the village. They burn it all. Ron Perlman and Jason Statham try and fight back. But Jason Statham's wife is kidnapped. And in a typical <laughs> classless fashion of most things that Uwe Bull does, Let's kill the kid so that we can get the audience all riled up. In my opinion, kind of a drawn out take of it. The slow-mo shots of the kid running for his life and the big scary fake orc that Ray Liotta is possessing and controlling stomping after him. You want to kill the kid in a film? Fine. But he makes it like a three minute long sequence yeah. and it's just unnecessarily long. Not even his Followed kid. by Jason Statham <laughs> grieving for about five seconds before he gets angry and starts making one-liners again though don't forget the shovel halfway through the film right halfway through the film when the mother finds out her acting actually isn't half bad at finding out that her son has died and she has a complete uh, breakdown what's her name uh claire forlani yeah yeah again yes. another, another yet another big name roped into this movie i don't know how he gets these people easy on the eyes too yeah that is the best acting actual best acting in the entire yeah, movie her? is when yeah. she finds out her son's dead. Yeah. It's amazing, the range of emotion. She shows legitimate grief. It has no place in this film, but legitimate grief shows up. <laughs> it was way too good. It was way too good. It's better than this film deserves. That has no place in this movie. It is a solid <laughs> nine and a half out of ten performance in a film yes. that is a nine and a half out of a hundred. 
but it is a good performance <laughs> in there. And yeah. then Ron Perlman is just like, yeah, it's okay. We'll get back to the one liners in a minute. Audience, don't worry. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty rough. By the way, this is the movie. This movie is full of anticlimactic deaths, which I'm hoping you're going to start covering. I think every oh, yeah. every death I, oh, is anticlimactic. Yeah. It's that's it. Dead. Every well, the grandparents get picked one. up and just like single choke, neck snapped, and dropped back down. I think that was more the climactic than the main characters. Three minute drag out to a cutaway. Ron Perlman just gets stabbed and steals. Ron Perlman steals the scene in Lord of the Rings where the Urukai are stabbed by. Aragorn and pulls itself into the blade as an intimidation. He does the same goddamn thing. But it's funny because this whole movie steals Lord of the Rings. When he dies, I just looked at Christina. I'm just like, that's it, Ron Perlman. Like, I kind of had this. He's the guy who's going to help them kind of escape this and fight this, and just uh, kills one guy and dies. And it is the worst attempt at an escape I've ever seen in my life because they almost, for one second, make you think, "Oh, they're going to do it." Oh, he died for nothing. Like that's yeah, they escaped for all of 15 seconds. The the main yeah. character's best friend just died for nothing, so I yeah. guess that... It's pretty that. sad. No, no, when you first have the he got When the you first have the king show up in the village to be like, oh, you poor villagers, they burned down your, your place there. I like Jason Statham turning his back on him when the king's right-hand man tries to call him out of, how dare you turn your back on the king? And he says to him, the king's supposed to protect the people, not his castle. You're no king to me. I thought that was actually kind of awesome. He would be dead after that. have a few good that. lines in it. He would be dead. I don't care. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. He just would be dead after that. But every time the right-hand man goes to do something, you have John Rice davies the poor man's Merlin in this film, going, no, 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 leave him be. Let him go. And even Burt Reynolds, for whatever weird reason, there's like, no, no, no. I'm cool with him saying that to me. <laughs> yeah. That seems yeah. fine. And you find out later on, and spoilers for those of you who intend to watch this movie, and God bless you all, Jason Statham turns out to not just be a farmer, but he turns out to be the illegitimate son of the king that John Rice davies has known about all along and let grow up in the villages so he'd grow up Wait, hard. He's actually the, the legitimate son of the king. I apologize. Legitimate son. Yes. He thought he died on the battlefield or what have died, you. Yeah. So he's a proper son. Now, one question I have about that. So you have a in my opinion, relatively okay scene between Jason Statham and Burt Reynolds after Burt Reynolds has been stabbed and the king is dying, and now he knows that Jason Statham is his actual son, and they trade philosophy back and forth about why he needs to you know, take over as king, and I don't feel like I'm a king, and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But you have all that take place. Now the king dies, and Jason Statham is going to be the new king. Does he change his name to king? Is he not farmer anymore? I was anymore? wondering. Because they, they they announce his name, and then they go back to, and you know him as Farmer. So, like, I don't Right. I don't is know. Is he Farmer like, King? Is he King Farmer? King I don't Farmer. know what he is now. Kings have I'm to not know quite the land. sure. Kings need to know the land. It's King Farmer. Maybe we'll find out in part two. Well, part two doesn't oh, have him in it. I looked at the sequels, and they don't have no. him. Maybe I'll, I'll tell you in a minute. The Wait. sequels go in a wild direction. A wild direction. Sequels? <laughs> Two sequels. Oh That's God. actually one of the things one of the things I appreciated about this, and it's right in the title. In the name of the king, a dungeon siege tale. And the mm-hmm. idea that when they come to sequels to this, Uibull, who continues to direct them, do whatever they want. doesn't do a continuation of this story, he does another story within Dungeon Siege. Mm-hmm. Kind of a neat idea. They don't have to be connected, it can be an anthology thing. But the very next movie involves time travel and a soldier from our day going back. And it's just whatever. 
That are, I'm already I'm already more intrigued. You got if I remember correctly, the second one is Dolph Lundgren as a soldier what? that gets transported back in time. Oh man, the dungeons. We have to watch that. Christina loves Dolph Lundgren. Lundgren, so, Lundgren. When we start doing oh, sequels, we're gonna go to that Hopefully one. Hopefully, we're far this. away before we God. get our sequels. <laughs> oh man, but that's oh, pretty God. wild. One of the first things that stood out to me because, like you you said earlier. It looks like it has some, not a lot, but some money thrown at it. You at least have some costumes and set design and what have you. When they go to cross the bridge and the bridge just has (laughs) one one rope of it and that's it. And Jason Statham goes, all right, boys, I guess we're going across the, the shortcut way and takes his belt, wraps it around the rope and goes to slide down. The blue screen they have for that is... Worse than the blue screen in the video game nerd yeah. films. Like it's, it's bad. really bad. Yeah. It is bad. It's the only real blue screen moment in the movie, and it's bad. It's cringeworthy bad. Well, my like, favorite like, part uh, about that scene is when he goes to slide and you see like he slides and momentum stops. Like, because hmm. when they show you the shot of the bridge, you're like, that bridge is not on a lower plane. If you slide yeah. no. <laughs> on the rope, you'll just stop because it's not at an elevated place that you're starting and he stops and I started to laugh and I was like oh he's a lot closer than I thought he would be and then they continue with the scene and it pays off physics works they stop in the middle of the rope as I would assume they would oh god oh I love so Jason Statham goes first and you see he gets halfway loses momentum stops and has to kind of like shimmy the rest of the way yeah the other two dudes see this, Ron Perlman and whoever that other guy is who's like a weird mix of Henry Cavill and Jerry O'Connell. I don't know the actor's name, but he looked like the love child of the two oh, of them. <laughs> yeah, but either way, the character's name whoever that other so guy important. is, Jason yeah. Statham's wife's brother in this, Yeah, he watches Ron Perlman go, gets stuck halfway, and then just goes right behind him. And now the two are like locked in the middle of it and can't move. And then yeah. the bridge breaks and they fall to the ground and then have to mosey their way the long way through the water anyway so it's the worst shortcut ever and a pointless scene it's a long cut they suck yeah they literally say well that saved a lot of time and he's right it saved no time because you now have to climb down that mountain to meet up (laughs) but it's weird because that scene is so cheesy and corny and it takes place immediately after several characters die including a child and they try to go for high drama the tone of this film is like it's decided by a roulette wheel. It is bizarre. There's individual scenes that I really enjoy. The one-liners I like, sure. and the Jason Statham, Burt Reynolds scene, but it's it doesn't fit together at all. Yeah. No, no. I didn't really understand. So, like, why does Jason Statham's character have to kill the wizard guy when John Rhys-Davies is a wizard who can go kill the wizard guy and knew what he was doing in the first five minutes of the movie. Cause he's like, Oh, what are you doing now? And he takes <laughs> no action against him. <laughs> Not even in the end. Does he really, yeah. he goes to distract him. And I'm like, well, that doesn't make any sense. The power levels right. are not the same. Like Jason Statham pretty much can't beat the wizard at the end. Like he, as much as he tries, there's nothing he can actually do. Like, it nope. takes almost a MacGuffin of his wife to save him. Like, it's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. It is bizarre. One quick question I have for you guys. 
Guess the budget for this film. Uh, so I'm I'm gonna say two hundred million, but after the cast was hired, fifty thousand. Oh Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say, considering the cast, and I'm assuming most of the budget went to the cast. I'm going to, to say one twenty. I'm going to say thirty thirty million. No, sorry, eighty million. Sixty million dollars. Wow. I don't know where it went. I felt like well, it all went to it went to the cast. To the cast. <laughs> it's all cast. It went to the cast. Man, they all yeah. they you I, know what? Yeah, Forty that, had to have. That's a, that's a bunch of actors. Cast. That's a bunch of actors cashing in their favor. <laughs> oh yeah, I owe you. I'll be in this movie. <laughs> maybe yeah. it's got to be. Yeah. I owe I mean, you. Either that or or he has dirt on all of them, and maybe yeah. they just. Agreed, despite whatever the paycheck they got be for was. Maybe Uwe Bullpock yeah. and all of that. Jeez, I know yeah. there. There's many questions out there of how Uwe Bull is able to convince these people and raise this money. God knows how. Oh. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's legitimate. He's... If he's Russian mafia, I got no idea. But good I... for him that he's able to somehow get these people and that much money. This is not his first film, and someone went, "Yep, we're going to give him another sixty million, and it made thirteen worldwide. <laughs> I, I just like, yeah. are you guys familiar with the producers? I didn't even see who they yeah. were. The producers yeah, is a Mel Brooks story where oh, oh, you mean they the are going to put on a musical, but it has to fail because it's going yeah. to make more money off the insurance if it fails and if it succeeds yeah. and they make springtime for Hitler <laughs> so that there's no way it's going to succeed. I feel like Uwe Bull is just Doing chasing that, that dream on a regular basis. Yeah, maybe, maybe some studios using I'm him. curious what he insures these films for losses against. That's, that's my guess. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so a bunch of nonsense happens. They get attacked by wood elves, I think. I guess they're wood elves or sprites or whatever those ladies are in the woods that tell them we hate all men, fair. but then team up with them later. I thought it was Miss Jansen's dance I don't dance think it's studio. fair to call them anything. I Exactly. I thought they were just people who lived in the woods who somehow controlled uh, twigs. Yeah, that's they all did they seem to control the vines. Yeah, they control vines. That's it. Yeah, people in the woods who were completely undivided and wanted nothing to do with anybody, but for some reason decided to change their mind at the end of the movie and say, "You know what? We do want to fight for you." I thought that was you just you just told yeah, us the plot, the plot you just told us you didn't want to pick sides, and then the next time I see you, you're picking a side. <laughs> yeah, you know, because the plot the plot sets up. <gasps> right. But either way, I mean, plot that moves forward. Uh, you do have a a fairly cool moment. I want to say halfway through the film where Jason Statham faces up against the the bad guys again and he gets captured at one point and they've strung him up with a noose and they're Ray Liotta is questioning him through one of the possessed soldiers trying to find out why he can't read him or mm-hmm. see into him or whatever it is and that weird spin he does to like mm-hmm. grab the sword out of the guy's hands with his tied up hands while he's in the noose and cut himself free and then cut off his head that was pretty cool it stood out to me because it's one of the few action moments in the film where I could tell what the hell was going yeah. on. Mm-hmm. Because this movie changed camera angles so often, it was like a dance remix. Yeah, for sure. It was a little rough. Uh, but that particular moment was clear, and it looked really cool. And then he lies in the ground, choking out until John Rice davies comes to save him. <laughs> by, I don't know, just like kicking him awake or what have you. But then you get the daytime ninjas, and the big fight that happens in the middle of the woods. And the mole orcs digging through the ground, like you mentioned. And then the most wild crazy awesome idea i've seen in a while for a wartime effort only because the soldier is into it setting one of the fake orcs on fire yeah. and launching him <laughs> out of a catapult at yeah, the enemy and he's down for it 
He's like, no, 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 set me on fire. Like, why? Having played Warhammer, that scene was dear to my heart. Yeah. Because all I could think of Wayne was the Doom Diver. Yeah. (laughs) That's all I could picture (laughs) was the Doom Diver, which is just strap him into a catapult and fire him at the enemy. But it's one of your own guys. And I love the ones where, like, they miss, where where they, like, they hit the trees or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, it's all for nothing. Yeah. Just absolutely wild. That fight had the worst protection of the king ever. While Lillard sits there flicking an arrow... That he, he's not even a sharpshooter. No, he misses. And nobody's around this. Nobody's around the king. It's like just he misses like three times. Guard your king. Why is he? <laughs> I was even close enough with that pathetic of a I shot was to laughing. keep shooting. I was laughing so hard at a the almost subversion of he. Oh, he's got the shot lined up, and it looks like it hits the tree right beside him. Yeah. And then. <laughs> and then when he finally hits it, he looks shocked. Like he's like, huh? oh, I know. Did you see that? Like it's like, did you see? Yeah. <laughs> I love how it's, oh well, the God. king's dead now, so that makes me the next person in charge. Last I checked, when you commit treason, <laughs> even if it works, you don't automatically get command. Yeah. If all of the soldiers saw you try to kill the king, the fact that you succeed doesn't make you the next king. <laughs> yeah. Which apparently no. this was the rule there. No. Though. Apparently in this one, that's okay. How does that yeah. make any sense? The king's right-hand man knocks down Matthew Lillard and is about to kill him, and they get news of, oh, the king has succumbed to his injuries. And now Matthew Lillard gets up and goes, well, I guess you can't kill me because I'm king now? Well, that's insane. <laughs> yeah. If that was an actual rule, the throne would have shifted so many times in history. So many times. <laughs> right. The only reason it doesn't work is because Jason Statham turns out to be the actual heir to the throne otherwise that would have been your ending is lillard is in yep. charge that is yep. some bizarre rule and they and they accepted farmer very easy oh very <laughs> oh, easy. The well, okay. was the other Neil. thing i was laughing at because i was just like yeah like wait 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 there's zero i swear he's his long lost son is he like no one questions it like not even lillard questions it like nobody no questions. the king's not even there to say dead. yes it like is the, my son the king's yeah, like nobody is there except the wizard, who I guess is implicitly trusted. And Lillard is even, isn't even like, no, 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 wait a minute. You said, you, the wizard, said that kid was dead. Like nobody <laughs> questions the logic of him ascending to the throne. Like I just, it's amazing. I don't really Very think strange. they care who their, I don't think they care who their king is in that, in that land. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't seem to have a high what? bar. Most of it just feels like I'm writing it today and draft one and take one are always the best that I need. It feels like it's draft one of the script, take one of the action, let's go. I'm willing to bet this two-hour movie was filmed in five days. That's my guess. Yeah, Sixty maybe. million, six days. Ten million dollars a day was spent making this one movie. One to write it, one to cast it. <laughs> yeah. One to film it's it. It's insane. One to edit it. Four to, to film it, ship it. One to edit it. One, one to, to ship it. it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know what's funny? So the music actually, the music's not bad, but none of it suits the scenes. Yeah, yeah that's fair. Like I, I, I was watching a Trinity scene. I'm like, you know, this is a nice track, but it doesn't play with this scene at all. Like it could be a sad scene, but it sounds action. It could be an action scene that sounds soft. And I'm like, what's going on with this score? Well, it feels like he commissioned a composer, but didn't give him the film work. Which just said, "I want something that's a fantasy film. Give me two hours worth of stuff." That's exactly the right? best way to explain. So you got some decent music; it just doesn't suit anything. Uh, that's a good analogy. Right. He probably got the uh, the composer <laughs> to just like 
score all three movies he was working on at the same time and was just like, well, you know, while you're in there, give me a fantasy beat. Really? Yeah, just sample some stuff. Fantasy beat. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. But the film is overstuffed with all this stuff happening two hours and you still have characters that don't really have any real payoff. Lily Sobieski, the apprentice wizard, what does she accomplish? Nothing. She's a good actress. Mm-hmm. Why is she there? She, she does nothing. Her character is really only there For so the that Ray Liotta can get power, I guess. She doesn't accomplish anything. All she does is oh, she does. sleep with Ray Liotta's character, so she loses some yes. magic to him, so she can get yelled at by her father, where he says, you know, you gave up the magic just so that you could, you know, have some romance, and essentially teaches her Madge before Vag. That's all <laughs> that really happens out of that. And then he dies, yeah. and she learns nothing. It well, she does bizarre. deliver. After the fairy woodland ladies who control vines decide to join the war, she delivers Matthew Lillard to the army so that he can have a fight just before he becomes king for 30 seconds. <laughs> Even when she has a chance to be useful later, you find out she can teleport and teleports into the fight with Ray Liotta. They right? still slingshot Jason's Statham across a mountain range first, <laughs> yeah. which is amazing. Uh, they slingshot yes. him, and he somehow yes. makes it. Why didn't she just teleport them in? The fact that that was the plan, I wasn't sure what their plan was when I saw them toss, like, you use the, 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 the vine ladies to toss the, so I guess if they can use one long object they can use them all so she just tosses the rope quite far quite far actually like um, a couple miles (laughs) and then the movie wraps up the movie wraps up with a pretty lame fight between jason statham and ray liotta until ray liotta summons a book nato to fight him with all the books in the library yeah, I love. I love when the book. I don't even remember how he beats. I, lo- him. Yeah, I just remember he wins. Cuts his, cuts his neck or something. He holds his wife stabs right. I, I love when he the uses wife, the, the books. I love when he uses the books on the uh, wrists and the ankles to hold Statham down. But oh, then, to hold but, him then down. but then immediately, but then, levitates but then him immediately levitates him up, and the books are there as if they're pinning him. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's so weird. <laughs> like you know, he can just but move his like, hand away from that book now. <laughs> yeah, and then within like a minute of Ray Liotta being defeated. Jason Statham grabs his wife. We found out is pregnant with another kid, so a replacement child isn't that solve everything. And he finally says, I love you to her, and the movie just ends. No resolution yeah. to the kingdom, to the nothing. people, nothing. And it ends in a culmination of three increasingly ridiculous songs during the credits. Did you listen to that? <laughs> no, I, I they get turned them wild. Off. They sound like good. some bizarre version of Toss a Coin to Your Witcher. Made in the 1980s. <laughs> they are outrageous. Yeah. <laughs> it's just too much. What's so funny is, again, because they <laughs> clearly didn't know what they were doing. Like, her brother is a prisoner with that random girl who he befriends, and we never know their fate. Right. He just says, we'll get out of this, and you yeah. never know if they do. <laughs> <laughs> no idea. I assume he dies because lots of people die. Yeah. He didn't matter. It's like Inception, but Yui Bolsa. <laughs> I just... As a closing thought, I don't recommend this movie. It has some moments that are fun, but two-thirds of the way through, I did start to legitimately get bored despite all of the weird oh stuff God. happening. There's a 15-minute oh, yeah. span where I, I didn't care anymore until yeah. he slingshots Jason Statham and it gets fun again. I can't recommend it, but if you have to sit through it, it has at least some moments. What do you guys think quickly? Agree? Disagree? <laughs> I would do what Wayne did, and I would break it up and watch it uh, 
treat it like it's only a 30 minute series and watch it in 30 minute chunks because I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I agree because I did. Uh, and final for me. I was checking the, the time a lot when I was watching. The only thing for me to, to wrap this up is to our lucky listeners, uh, the first one to respond gets a free Blu ray copy of this movie. Just send me your address. <laughs> No one Send will the address. I'll be happy you to. You've killed any comments. <laughs> You've killed any comments, any likes. No one First one to respond who wants it. There we go. First one to respond who claims they we want it. We will pay for Just shipping. Post your address. Yeah. We will pay for shipping. Uh, and we will send you. Carolator Air overnight. <laughs> a slightly used All copy. Right. A slightly used copy of Dungeon Siege in the name of the king. Absolutely. Only been watched once. Only been cried over twice. Probably. We will bring this one to a closed... Uh, next time when we get back together again, we will be looking at Silent Hill. Hopefully it's more scary than hilarious, but we'll see what happens. More scary than Dungeon Seed? As always, we thank you for listening to Press X Reload. I have been Nick Moore. With me were Wayne Bissett and Mark Athanas. Gentlemen, thanks for having us. Yeah, I uh, hope you enjoyed this one. We didn't. <laughs> <laughs> we'll catch you next time. Later. You've been listening to Press X to Reload. Today's episode featured the voices of Mark Athens, Wayne Brissett, and Nick Moore. Our theme music was composed by Jack Fierick and performed and realized by Sam Fierick. If you like what you've heard today, subscribe and never miss an episode. Or tell a friend, leave a review. We'll take all the bonus XP we can get. If you have suggestions or feedback, you can contact Nick Moore via his email, retrogamingfool at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you on the next stage.